Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have my dear friend, Jennifer Hickman. She is a shamanic healer, although she would not call herself that. In this episode, we talk all about the different healers Jennifer has studied with. We talk about flower meditation and how to connect to the specific flower that is going to offer you the most healing right now. We talk about plant medicine and when to know it is time for you to experience a specific plant. Jennifer also walks us through a couple different practices that we can bring into our evening routine to connect to our inner dream work and dream world. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have my dear friend and shamanic healer, Jennifer. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I can't wait for our time together. Me too. (laughs) Jennifer, you have such a vast and interesting background. Can you tell us how you got into your line of work? (laughs) Well, my line of work, I think, came from my ancestors. I mean, I will say that. Uh, My mother was a nurse. Um, She's transitioned, so I speak about her, you know, in the past tense. My father was a social worker. He's retired now. Uh, And so I think, you know, my mother was a very mystical person. Uh, She was deeply spiritual and religious and a highly intuitive person. And a lot of that I didn't realize until I was much older, actually after her passing, uh, I started to connect with her in a very profound way. And through her sisters, actually, I uncovered a lot of, you know, sort of the different gifts that have sort of been, I don't know, quiet, people have been quiet about in my family. And so I, I think it, it initiated um, through her. And as a young child, I always had a curiosity about people, psychology, mysticism. And I had did a lot of self-study uh, from, I think, starting as a teenager. And it went from there. I, and then I just started whatever I was called or if a teacher sort of stepped in my path, I, I, I would study. And so I would say I have about two decades worth of practice and learning in, in holistic med- modalities as well as mysticism and esoteric practices. And it sort of started organically. I started working with friends and then sort of it started passing on through word of mouth and I built a client base solely by reference um, and word of mouth. And that's sort of where I, t- I go up to today, which I've built a pretty extensive practice of seeing clients one-on-one and now I've sort of moved more into, into training and, and teaching. And I also teach wellness to children at a school uh, as well as work um, you know, sort of, sort of, cons- you know, giving consulting and and helping other women with their practices and their ideas in terms of expanding their businesses, and that's starting to grow as well. So, <laughs> I, 
I hope that I answered your question. Yes, a vast <laughs> variety. So Jennifer and I met at Columbia. We both got our master's together in clinical psychology and education. And Jennifer's the type of person where just being in her presence, you feel really good. So I'm, I love seeing you. I love when we're together. And you're such a healing presence. And I know when we first started talking, I am so blown away by your mystical background and all the elders you've really studied with. So can you tell us a little bit of these practices? Sure. So I, I really, I would say one of the first things that sort of came in my way was, was working with flower essences and flower essences are really more widely used in Europe and Latin America than I would say in the United States. So some people have familiarity with them and some don't. Um, and I think it's because of it's a form of vibrational medicine. Uh, people may not be able to sort of ground how that may work for them if you're sort of new to that idea. But basically, we all have an essence. Animals, plants, flowers, people. Uh, you can think of it or in another word is what is your soul, your soul essence, right? So when you're coming in contact with a flower, a flower is actually an example of what I've been taught, which is everything in nature will follow its divine blueprint. So you will see a flower as a miracle show up in your when you're walking down the street coming out of concrete, right? Some of us have been fortunate enough to see that. Or if, if a flower is in it, it's not its natural environment, it will do whatever it takes to follow its divine blueprint, which is to grow into its full expression of itself as nature intended and spirit intended it to do. So actually when you're coming in contact with a flower, you're coming in something that has without question or reservation followed its divine blueprint. So in resonance, it's, it's assisting you and your journey to remove any blocks from your spirit in order to follow that movement of what your divine blueprint is. And flowers themselves are, they are our ancestors. They're over, you know, they date back hundreds of millions of years. So in their DNA and their knowledge, they have all this wisdom through time. If you look at the flower itself, when the flower is in bloom, it's taking all the information and it's following its movement by the cosmos, the sun, the moon, the stars. And that information and that knowledge is what it's doing to, to complete its journey, to be in its full expression, to come into full bloom. So <laughs> flowers are also an archetypal system. So they have a personality. Uh, they like to grow in a certain places and certain location with other flowers around it or in solitude. So that in itself, if you can do, you can do conscious communication with flowers, just like how you can do with animals. Or your and your guides you know you can do this conscious form of communication and flower study and through that you'll get a mirror to yourself and your archetypes and your aspects of your personality so whatever those main aspects are of you and the themes of your life and the patterns of things that you may be working on in terms of your own soul's evolution there's a flower for it and it can help guide you as i said to remove those blocks and obstacles so that was the first entry point and for me. Uh, and then after my mother transitioned, I had a teacher come into my path who said, now you're ready to learn. And her background, her name is Althea Gray. 
and her background, her mother was a, her grandmother was a curandera um, from the Nicaraguan tradition. So she was an herbalist and she followed her spiritual guidance. And so it was in her lineage and I was gifted, you know, to follow Althea for three years in an apprenticeship uh, where we, every week she taught me journey work, um, ancestral healing uh, and, and healing at a distance, all sorts of different her methods and I got her transition. And for those who don't know what a curandera is, it's just an, it's a word for healer. And it's a tradition of medicine from Mesoamerica. So all of Mesoamerica, um, before the Spanish came, the indigenous people had had their methods of healing akin to traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. These are thousands of years old um, lineages of medicine and practice. And Althea, you know, she basically was like, you're, you're good, you have everything. And she pushed me out into the world. But I continue to study with healers, uh, Mayan healers, Zapotec healers uh, from Mexico, uh, and other continue to learn different indigenous healing practices. Uh, and yeah, so, so that's sort of, and then I, at Columbia, you know, you mentioned that um, Ron Young has been my teacher continue to be my teacher. I'm still doing advanced training with him in spiritual and family constellation work, which goes very well with the, the background of the different uh, experiences that I've had uh, through time. So those are the main, I would say, uh, trainings. I've done many more things, but I feel like those are the sort of highlights and tenets of the work that I do now. Hi, everyone. Are you unlocking your full potential? We pause this episode to make sure that you have a meditation and mindfulness routine that supports your highest potential, increase productivity, lower your stress levels, and improve your sleep. This is why we created the Spiritual Intelligence Quiz. Join thousands of others that have taken this 30-second quiz to help them find a meditation routine best for their personality type. You are unique. Your meditation practice should be too. Go to AaronRachelDapelt.com slash quiz or head over to my homepage to check it out there. Again, it's AaronRachelDapelt, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com forward slash quiz to take the quiz today. See you there and enjoy the rest of the episode. Beautiful. And just to rewind a little bit to talk about flowers, Jennifer came up to me one day in class and just looked at me and said, white daisies, like you have white daisies around your face and your hair, like everything about you is a white daisy. And for everyone listening, if they want to know what flower is them, how can they figure that out? It's a really, really, really good question. And uh, as I said, there's something called conscious communication. So first of all, I would, anyone can go outside their door and see what's growing right in your immediate environment. Oftentimes a flower that just popped out out of nowhere is a flower that's in front of your path that you need. <laughs> so suddenly I will give an a quick example of that. I just started seeing Star of Bethlehem flower in my environment here. I had never seen that flower before in, in many, many years. And it came right after the pandemic hit and this flower, in terms of its essence, is to heal grief, shock, and trauma. So I said, okay, wow, you know, a lot of people are going to be coming, and this is what we need right now. 
And not only did I see it in my immediate environment, I started seeing it in many places around me. So if you don't know what the flower is, you can use, there's a lot of flower apps, the apps now available that you take a picture and it'll tell you what the name of the flower is. And I would start with what's in your immediate environment. If you can't leave your house because you're in isolation or for some other reason, I would say, you know, from when I was young, or if I had to think of a flower right now, what would come to mind for myself? And I would start with that one flower and do a, a deeper investigation. You could just use the picture. I would look at the face of the flower. I would look at the name of the flower, its color, how it likes to grow, where it likes to grow. And anyone who's listening can reach out to me if, if, if they want uh, a little bit more information. Maybe, maybe they feel like they want that connection to go deeper. Uh, I'm happy to send, I actually created a guided meditation where you can actually just look at the picture and see what information and what your flower ally is. So people talk a lot about your animal guide or your guides in general. You can actually find your flower ally as well. Uh, but I think your flower, flower ally will often show up for you. <laughs> so if you are able to go outside, see what's in your environment, take a walk, see what you're, you feel drawn to, because everybody has to start, you know, getting out of their mind and more into their, you know, intuitive nature, into their heart center. So use your heart to kind of guide you. Well, what, that flower is pulling me for some reason. Let me go look at it. Let me see its fragrance. Let me take a look at it. What is it? What does it want to tell me? What message does it have for me? You can also go to you know any market, flower market or a store, or bodega, and just kind of look at the flowers there. You don't have to purchase it, but you can kind of say, out of all these flowers here, which one is standing up up out to me, and start there as well. So, and I, I mean, I could talk about certain indications if you want, or maybe specifically for certain. Uh, you know, for women or for men, you know, there's all sorts of different ways to look at this. And it's actually pretty intricate, intricate, intricate as well. In, <laughs> intricate. intricate. It, it, thank you. It's a hard intricate, one. As well as a, it's, it's very holographic. So it's actually pretty profound. You can really go deep in this journey with your conscious connection with flowers. And, and look, we all naturally do it as human. We give flowers for celebrations to honor rites of passage, of death, of birth, of um, you know different ceremonies that we all have and we honor in our lives. So we already naturally do this anyway. And every culture and religion is going to have its own significant meaning connected to certain flowers. Uh, so so you know also start with that. You know what tradition did you grow up in? What flowers did you see in your family? that your ancestors hold to be important or relevant or wherever you went to temple or church uh, or mosque you know what flowers are there and why are they there they're there with for a reason so you can also work with it from 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 who you are and what you know and we all have this knowing within us it's just remembering it that is so beautiful. I love it. And we now I try to always have fresh flowers at the house, especially on Friday before Shabbat, to bring in nice smells and earth in for the for the weekend and for the Sabbath. But what about? I mean, like I wish I could 
of videotape this moment, Jennifer looks at me and says, white daisies. Like, <laughs> what about me? And I have since, that was like the core of my wedding, like bringing yeah. my wedding that will eventually happen one day was to have these like wild white daisies in all of the bouquets. Hmm. Uh, this, you know, everyone, everyone is going to have, I just want to say this generally because what I'm going to say may say something that only I can do, but I want everyone to know that they can do this too. For me, flowers are an ally and a tool that I've used for many, many years. So when I see someone, they'll communicate with me. I can see exactly, you know, or if I'm in session with someone, uh, they'll just they'll just come to me as this is what this person you know, this, this is, a, this is represents who they are, or actually they may need the support of this flower. It'll, it'll flow through me because I, because I have a, because I work with them cons so consistently on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that anyone else cannot access that information for, for themselves. You just have to do the work and the practice of, of being in that conscious communication with plants. They'll even come to you in a dream. And you can ask them for that. You can ask them for that. But for you in particular, uh, the daisy in in reflection as a mirror for you is sort of that that shining joy and youthful vitality and exuberance that you kind of share and that happiness that I feel like is part of the essence of who you are. And it connects to that flower. And so when I saw you, I was like, this is this is you, you know? <laughs> and so that kind of goes back to what I was talking about, that each flower sort of has an archetype and a personality. And, and it gives you, it connects to emotions and a feeling that you have, right? And they do that with your, they can transcend us with their fragrance and with their being, as well as people can. And that's what you do. You know, you can, you can transcend, you can bring people to tr transcendence through the vitality and the joy that you hold and you spread. And those are your seeds that you spread to everyone that comes in contact with you, Erin. So that's how I, I saw you and that's how I connected that flower, particularly with you. That is so sweet. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm such a devotee to white daisies. Really, ever <laughs> since, I mean, this was a couple mm. years ago and ever mm. since that reading, and everything yeah. that you're saying really resonates so deeply and flowers mm -hmm. really are so transcending and, and magical mm. and like needing to bring that earth into our home, especially right yeah. now. You also talked about journey healing and some practices mm -hmm. affiliated with that. What What is journey or to go on a journey mm. and how can we use this as a healing modality? Yeah, so I mean, I think one way to maybe think about it is people can think about um, it may be from the, the vantage point of, of the field of psychology. Uh, 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 this is going to be, it's a funny way of surveying your question. So when you go to talk therapy in a traditional uh, Western sense, uh, you're talking about maybe a concern or an issue or recent event that you, that you want to have resolution with or a pattern or something like that. So when you're sitting one-on-one -on -one with the therapist, you know, you're, you're in the mental body primarily. 
you're talking from a mind point of view about, you know, what's going on, you know, this is happening, or, you know, my mother did this again to me, and, or my brother did this, or I'm having the same repeated pattern of a concern with a friendship or in my love relationships. And you can talk about this from a mental standpoint for a very long time. But what's interesting is the field of psychology in the Western world is what, a few hundred years old. So if you were to go to Mesoamerica, they would say, okay, this is thousands of year old. And we actually look at it. There's no separation between your mind, body, and your spirit and your emotions. And actually you, to, to access uh, your spirit and your emotions and those deeper, those patterns, we got to go below the surface of the mental body. We actually have to go to that place. Another word would be the subconscious or the unconscious, right? We got to go reach those deep aspects of our, ourselves. And how can we do that in a way that feels safe, in a way that, you know, we can get to it without, you know, especially if there's trauma involved, we can access it in a way that we're with our allies uh, that can, you know, guide the process. So when you're going on a journey, you're going into those subconscious places. And I would say anywhere below the iceberg is going to hold our ancestors, our guides, our belief systems, or what's been programmed in our DNA. Um, any uh, Anything that's below the surface, our dream world, uh, patterns of emotions, so anyway, you could do a journey to to access those subconscious parts of ourselves, and how do you do it? Well, it, it's guided by a person, and but you can also do it on your own. Uh, you can do it really on your own. A really interesting way to do it is with your dream practice work. Um, but if you're working with a practitioner, and, and, I, and I recommend doing it with a practitioner if you really want to get to maybe healing some of your ancestral patterns, these deep core beliefs, negative thought patterns, negative emotions, traumas, and things like that. So really journey work, I feel, is a way, an entry point that goes beyond the mental body to really access these, these parts of ourselves where we, we can reclaim them and we can we can bring them, we can go into the depths and, and work with it. And the flower essences do it too, you know. That's one method of doing it. But the journey work, you know, you're going to go on, you're going to go on a guided, you're going to go into that subconscious space or unconscious space. And is this via breath work, via mindfulness meditation, via plant-based drugs or medicine <laughs> well there's many roads and rivers right to the same to the same to the same place to the same ocean and i think for everybody here i would really this all really ha should come from within i wouldn't do anything that looks trendy or cool you know i mean i think that these are really profound medicines um that should really that you should be guided to do especially when it comes to the use of psychedelics i mean i was really taught a specific way of thinking about that and a lot of people are just jumping off and doing them 
but I was told that I can't even work with a plant uh, unless it's come to me in a dream three times. When it comes to psychedelics, I was told to never seek it or buy it uh, or do any or, or go to it with that way. I, I was told that it needs to come to you. The medicine will find you. But I think a lot of people, I think the beautiful thing is that people really want a transcendent experience because they're seeking healing. The thing is that you need, even though these are, they may, everything may seem benign with this, you have to be very selective with the practitioners that you work with. You have to be very selective on, you know, any guided journeys that you will take. Um, because actually, if they're not with a seasoned practitioner or those that have the skilled training, it can actually do harm. So you really actually, I just, you know, anyone who's listening, I just say, you know, as with a medical doctor that you would see, whenever you're seeking any practice in holistic health or healing or wellness, you should really just be really mindful of who you're doing this work with, even though it sounds really interesting right and it sounds like it could be benign because it's holistic really work with seasoned practitioners that's because i actually have had um, clients come who've worked with people who claim to be shamans and things and they've actually had uh, breaks and things happen so you just want to be really 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 diligent with who you seek out especially when you're working with psychedelic medicine as well that's my only my only word of caution, you know, because these are plants, these, the, the plants in nature have wisdom that's, as I was saying, hundreds of million years old. And the cultures that they've been practiced and, and, and the people that work with these, these plants, they pilgrimage to them. Um, you know, it's, it's a form of spiritual connection and religion that if you're outside of that, you may not have in your awareness. So you may not even really fully understand the medicines. So you actually need an integration process as well. So it's important, very, very important. I just urge everybody to be, to use it with caution, but also know that these are extremely beneficial and powerful and can really heal. But you just want to be really careful about it too. I love that. And it needs to come to you in a dream or three times. It's more of an invitation to meet them rather than us seeking it. Mm-hmm. Because look, everyone's on a, on a journey in their life, right? Everyone's on a spiritual journey. And some of people want to jump across the desert to get to that next level in their evolution. However, sometimes we need to walk parts of that desert alone. And it may feel painful and long, but that's part of the process. So no, nothing is going to catapult you unless you're really ready. So when medicine crosses your path, that means the time is ripe. The time is now. If you take it before your consciousness or you haven't healed certain things yet, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, so you want to be sure that the timing is ripe and the line for you to take to work with the medicine. So it's, it's important to think about. So if it comes to you, then you know it's time. This is the time. So you've been talking about dream work. What are mm -hmm. some practices for us to use if we wanted to connect mm -hmm. more deeply to our dreams? Well, I would say I would I would recommend people really looking at the Tibetan as well as the Toltec 
dream work. These um, are really profound practices and um, just, you know, if you're really curious about dream journey work, uh, you know, those are the two two pathways that, that are that it might be interesting for some of your listeners to do some investigation. But um, dreaming, you know, in the Toltec, they would say our waking life is our dream life. And when we're asleep, that's really, that's really, that's, it, it's a reverse. It's a reverse. Everything that's showing up right now in our wake life was in our, is, was, was in our, you know, our, our, it's, it's a counter way of thinking about it. So what we're working out in our wake life, you can resolve in your dream world. So maybe the obstacles and the challenges that you're experiencing in your wake life, you could have resolved on the, you know, in your dream world. So I would say before you go to dream, you know, before you go to bed every night, you know, slow down, have a nighttime ritual for yourself as you have a waking ritual for yourself, you know, maybe take, you know, drink, drink some herbal tea or take some time to breathe, you know, use some aromatic plants or essential oils or light a candle, maybe write some intentions, do a reflection on your day. Uh, and so when you go to sleep, you're saying to yourself, you know, you can have a mantra, you can have your own mantra or practice that you do, you may want to work with that before you go to sleep. Or you could just say, you know, you can call upon your ancestors, you can call upon a specific plan, or you could call upon your guides and just say, you know, I'm about to go to sleep and in my dream, in my dream space, work with me, teach me and, and make that a consistent practice for yourself. And when you wake up, make sure you have, you know, a piece of paper or a dream journal next to your bed and, and, and you write down and you're, you're consistently working with them in your dreams. So I think that that's a good starting point for a lot of people, uh, just to just be really intentional about what you want to do in your dream and what you want to work out. And if you have a painful emotion that may be too hard that you're like not dealing with in your wake, waking world, just say, you know, let me heal that in my dream tonight. Can you, you know, ask your guides, your ancestors to help you in your dream world. Beautiful, Jennifer. I love it. I love being in your presence. I love all of your <laughs> wisdom. If your words went viral and you can share wisdom with women around the globe, what would you share with these women? Right now, the main theme that's been coming up repeatedly um, with my elders and, and for myself is, is the idea of love and compassion not the idea, the practice of and the living art of. Um, I would just urge everyone right now, especially with the pandemic and, and the movement that we are in the world, uh, to center their movements within oneself, the movements of love and self-compassion. And the more that everyone can do this and come from those points of center to the outside world, everything that we're experiencing now can be lifted for, for, for yourself as well as for our families, our communities, our friends and everywhere. So I would just urge every woman right now because women, when we come in circle, especially around our moon, our moon, the moon cycles, 
you know, set that intention for yourself. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself with full love and, and self and self-compassion today. That's simple enough, but folk do a lot of meditations on the heart, work with rose flower, a lot, whatever color rose you're drawn to work with it, bring the flower to your heart center. Um, envision it. If you can't go outside, envision a rose at your heart center and breathe that. Connect to the Divine Mother aspect, connect to the Mother Earth. And um, I think right now, that's what we need. We need women to be in harmony with the cycles. We need women to be in love and self-compassion for ourselves first. And then we need to bring that out to our friends, family, communities. I'm visualizing a rose at my heart right now. I love yeah. it. Yeah. How can we find you, Jennifer? Well, I. <laughs> you can go to my website, fullbloomhealing.com. You can send me a message at info at fullbloomhealing.com. I'm also on Instagram, and I'm putting together for anyone who's interested right now. It's called Full Bloom Circle, and it came out of the pandemic that we're living in. Uh, so I'm doing a weekly series, and I can't wait for Aaron is going to be one of our presenters. It's a space, a wellness space, where anybody can learn um, information, methods, tools, practices for the time that we're living in right now. So you can you can find out all about our events on Facebook or on Instagram on Full Bloom Circle, uh, and if if you know anyone can reach out to me if they have questions about anything and i'm happy to connect with all of your listeners and this has just been a pure joy and a pleasure to be with you and all of her info will be in the footnotes jennifer thank you so much thanks for being here oh you're so welcome and and stay well and be blessed everybody hi everyone thank you so much for being a wise woman podcast listener we are really here to serve you to share wisdom truth and authenticity May this be your time to shine. We really are here to encourage you to radically show up. Please comment below which rituals help you stay calm, centered, present, and allow you to show up for your great work. Let us know what resonates with you in this episode. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women all around the globe. So please if you like us, we like you too. Comment, subscribe, rate us. We truly love to hear from you. Please email me hello at erinrachel.pelt.com. If you want to connect with me, it's hello at Aaron, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com. Let me know what's on your heart and we can connect there. Thank you so much for being here.